please stand for our reading of the Holy Gospel. From Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to the church today. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the, of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, in the power of your Holy Spirit, open our ears that we may hear and understand your word for us today and inspire our being to respond. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus had to go home Home was where he had been brought up. And even though Jesus' ministry was about redefining what family is, stretching its boundaries, expanding familial bonds and obligations to all of those created and called by God, Jesus nevertheless had to face home and the particular people of the place where he had been brought up. I just finished reading the novel The American Marriage by Tayari Jones. Jones asked the reader to consider what makes a family. How are we to think of family? How do the roles of a parent and sibling define? How are they defined? It's more than genetics. How do our histories, our past experiences, our family mysteries impact our lives and relationships today? Some folks who come from particularly wounded family trees talk about uh, their chosen family, those folks who don't share their DNA but who are more like family than their own biological. So what does home and family mean to you? How does being a follower of Jesus affect that meaning? In American Marriage, a character named Roy 
says something about home that really struck me. He said, home isn't where you land. Home is where you launch. You can't pick your home any more than you can choose your family. In poker, he says, you get five cards. Three of them you can swap out. Two are yours to keep. Family and native land. As children of God, we may not get to choose our family or the place which, from which we were launched, but we also have a chosen family. It's the family of God, a family that chose us more than we chose it. We are a family of God because God chose us and brought us together. As the Apostle Paul reminds us so beautifully, we are very different members but in the one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, all made to drink of one spirit. And as Sister Sledge beautifully reminds us, we are a family. Get up, everybody, and sing. The Bible is all about family, a family where God exists as the parent and all creation God's children. Jesus is born the Son of God and the Son of humans. He gathers disciples, followers, and calls them sisters and brothers. Jesus teaches that family is not only those with whom we share genetic material. Jesus says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Jesus takes the family portrait and zooms out so that the focus on the family includes all gathered under his wing. God's very existence is in the mystery of a family called the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we speak of God, we speak of these three persons in holy union. The Trinity is Jesus's holy family. But Jesus also had an earthly holy family as the son of Mary and Joseph. The Holy Spirit held them all together, uh, held Jesus in the mysterious family bond of man and God. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, had gotten to work teaching in the synagogues throughout his home countryside. He was apparently really good at it. Glorified by all, Luke tells us. Reports about him spread around the country. Moving from town to town, inspiring folk, receiving honor, Jesus met very many different people. He stayed in their homes, he ate at their tables, blessed their meals and their families. He'd wandered down so many different roads into so many different towns until one day he found himself on a road that he recognized well, one he had not seen in a long time a road that led into a familiar town. He took in a deep breath and brought into himself sense, which carried many memories. Familiar faces came to mind. It was his hometown, Nazareth. He had come to Nazareth, the place where he had been brought up, the place that launched him. He held the two cards that he couldn't trade for all of the crowds of disciples, his family and his native land. 
Jesus had been out teaching and preaching in the synagogues, but we don't get to hear what kind of preacher he was until he went home, sitting in front of all of those familiar faces, smiling back at him. His mama and his daddy, his brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews, those folks who hadn't left town like he did, his Sunday school teacher and elementary school principal, the man who gave him his first job, his first crush, sitting next to her husband, bouncing their new baby on her knee. It had been a long time since he'd seen these folks. They, they had heard the reports about him, how beloved he'd become, and something maybe about some special power he might have. This was the crowd that loved him before he even opened his mouth. And when we finally get to hear him read, we get a sense of what kind of preacher he's become. He preaches from two different passages from the prophet Isaiah, blending them and editing them as he goes. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all of the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is how Jesus really begins his ministry. It's here in the place that he had been brought up before the people who had a hand rearing him that he lays out exactly who he is and what he is about. Can they understand what he's saying? Do they think he's just reading the scripture for the day? Can their closeness to him, how well they know him or think that they know him, allow them to see just how huge his message is? For we who have been with the story from the beginning, heard of the angels sing of his holy birth, heard the voice of heaven declare him God's beloved son, witnessed the Holy Spirit flutter down and land on him. We know when he stood to read and took that scroll in his hands and unrolled it and found the place where it was written and read aloud, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, that he's talking about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. He found the place in the scriptures that declares to his people that he has found his place in God's plan for him. And that plan is clear, unwavering and concrete. Bring good news to the poor. Proclaim release to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind, freedom for the oppressed. And just like that, we know who our God is and what kind of Savior we are following. Confirmed in our longing hearts is his single unwavering message, the only kind of message that he will deliver for the rest of his ministry. Good news. 
good news, liberation, recovery, and freedom. Good news, liberation, recovery, and freedom. We know without question the specific people that he has come to serve. The poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed. The mission of God through the church of Jesus Christ is this, to follow Jesus to the places he goes with the message that he preached. The poor and the oppressed, those who carry heavy burdens or face greater challenges in life, are the weather vane for how faithful a church is to Jesus' mission. If the poor and those who suffer can't vouch for the people inside this church or, or that church, then my friends, I'm sure they're following someone, but it ain't the man from Nazareth. If the oppressed can't trust that when they turn to a self-proclaimed Christian, he or she will walk with them to freedom, my friends, who are they walking with? In 1963, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a scathing letter from the Birmingham jail to the white moderate clergy in the city. They had criticized him for the nonviolent protests that King was leading, which landed him in said jail. To that particular captive, these religious leaders didn't proclaim release, but they tried to shame him. And King responded with the gospel. He said, in the midst of blatant injustices afflicted upon the African-Americans, I have watched white churchmen stand on the sideline and mouth pious irrelevancies and sanctimonious trivialities. In the midst of a mighty struggle to rid our nation of racial and economic injustice, I have heard many ministers say, well, those are social issues which the gospel has no real concern. I have traveled the length and breadth of Alabama and Mississippi and all the other southern states. On sweltering summer days and crisp autumn mornings, I have looked at the South's beautiful churches and their lofty spires pointed heavenward. I have beheld the impressive outlines of her massive religious education buildings. And over and over again, I found myself asking, what kind of people worship here? Who is their God? And where were their voices of support when bruised and weary African-American men and women decided to rise from the dark dungeons of complacency to the bright hills of creative protest? What kind of people are we? What mysterious holy family is this? Well, we are the ones gathered by God, the once and still poor, Captive, searching, oppressed. We are the hopeful, the released, the healed, and the healing. We are the forgiven, and the messengers of grace. And who is our God? The one from Nazareth, who preached and also provided good news, liberation, recovery, and freedom. Jesus went home to his native land, to his family, blood and chosen, but his message made clear that he wasn't sticking around, though they'd be welcome to follow. 
He's not bound to this family, to these people. He can't be contained behind church walls or even in this particular religious tradition. He can't stand on the sidelines or even in the pulpit while people are suffering. He was anointed to go out and take the truth of the ancient prayers and scriptures with him. So my brothers and sisters, he has come to us today and his message is the same. He's going out to proclaim, to restore, to release, to tear down walls, to bring good news. And he's got a family, a community to serve. And they are the ones feeling trapped and scared and helpless and hopeless. They are us. He's going out to deal with the evils that plague us. Violence and mass incarceration, abuse afflicted by the powerful on the powerless. He's going out to liberate the resources held captive by the world's most powerful while the poor on earth suffer and die from malnutrition and inadequate health care and housing. He's going to bring good news to those persecuted because of their identities, usher to safety and bright futures those who flee terror and violence. He's here to eradicate racism and sexism. And these aren't just social issues. This is the gospel and the promise of God moved from the pages of ancient texts into the life of Jesus Christ. He left all of his cards on that table at home, including family and native land. And he's going out and he's taking the truth of the Holy Scriptures with him because he rolled up that scroll And he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.